0: Welcome to episode 59 of Sharing Life Lessons. This is season 6. We are one spirit, one soul. And together we are creating a library of stories and life lessons. I am your host Hamida and I want to bring you stories. Because stories matter, stories inspire, stories teach and stories heal. Listeners, I get scolded at if I don't mention this in at least a few of my episodes, and I have not said this even once in season six. Today, we are on episode 59 with 8,480 downloads so far from 32 different countries. For those who feel that they want to support this podcast, you can do it non-monetarily by subscribing to the podcast and also by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcast. To support monetarily, please go to anchor.fm where you will see a support button with a dollar sign. When you click on it, you will be able to buy a monthly subscription to Sharing Life Lessons for an amount of your choice. For those who are already monthly subscribers, know that you are my valued supporters and I appreciate you. This episode is about relationships. I have been wanting to talk about relationships on Sharing Life Lessons for a while, but I was not able to find a relevant speaker. Normally, you would expect to hear from a relationship coach or some such person on this important topic. But this is different. You are going to be hearing from Scott. When I was interviewing him on the topic of burnout in episode number 55 we discovered that he could also share his life lessons from his practical experiences with three different relationships that he's had in life. I figured, why not hear from someone with first-hand experience versus getting a theoretical perspective on this very important topic? Scott will share what did not work for his first two and what changed before he started his third relationship and why this one is working. Without further ado, Please join me in welcoming Scott Spears. Scott, welcome to Sharing Life Lessons. This is your second time being my guest. And I love repeat guests. It just goes to show how versatile guests are. You spoke to us about burnout in episode number 55. And now you're here to talk to us about relationships. And we found out that you can talk about relationships while I was interviewing you about the topic of burnout.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, it's fun. Oh, thank you for having me on. i happy to give you my perspective, a male perspective on three different types of relationships I've been in.
0: Before we go there, for those who have not heard 55, I highly recommend that you do. And Scott, can you tell us something about yourself?
1: Sure. I'm originally from California. I grew up and went to the military and then did the uh, American dream, let's say, working in Silicon Valley and moved to Dallas, New York City, back to Dallas, married, divorced, and jumped into global consulting for the next 15 years until I burned myself out to the point of death, clinically died. So if you guys want to hear that story, go listen to 55, like Hamida said. And then I moved to Bogota, Colombia. Well, I was actually based here, but I'd never lived here. So I wanted to give it a chance. So I stayed here and Now I'm doing coaching from here, helping people with time management, life organization, and self-development, and also helping businesses with leadership transformation development. It's a new program that I'm developing for leadership training in the workplace today that's forever changing.
0: And in the program that you're creating right now, I'm assuming you're taking into account all the changes that COVID has brought to the workplace And the hybrid model and how you can be an effective leader in that kind of a model. Is that what you're teaching? Totally.
1: Totally. I'm gearing it towards the the leadership, executives, management, but also giving classes to employees on how to raise awareness of wellness that's needed in the workplace. With so many people working remotely, a study just came out a week or two ago that shows 745,000 people dying a year. From overwork. If you factor that into the population of Barcelona, that's 45% of Barcelona gone in one year. That's just something that's really resonated with me since I've experienced burnout a couple times in my life. And I know how a lot of companies' mindsets are, and we need to change it because people are not machines.
0: Scott, I think you're talking yourself into another episode here about effective leadership (laughs) in the new workplace. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay, okay, let's do it. All right, let's get to the topic of relationships though and tell us your story. I told you before we started this, I can't wait to see how this episode turns out and I'm still very curious. So please tell us your story.
1: All right, well, I'm going to tell you three different relationships that I was in and all three totally different and what I've learned from those. Before I got married, I was just like any other soldier, young kid running around, have a girlfriend here, have a girlfriend there. Wasn't really taking anything serious. And when I moved to New York, I I met a woman and everything just clicked. Everything was perfect. Even the timing, everything was just happening like it was supposed to. And that was the first time I actually thought of okay, well, maybe it's time to settle down. I was living in New York and we were seeing each other for about a year. And yeah, we decided to get married. So we got married and moved back to Dallas, Texas, where my previous job was. This was when the big tech crash happened. Mm. And yeah, so I couldn't stay in New York anymore moved back to Dallas. I had a house there. Mm-hmm. and everything was great everything was just a really really good time it wasn't just the honeymoon period we go through the honeymoon period thinking everything is fine and dandy and then you start seeing the person as who they really are and in a lot of cases but in my case I well at that time I really knew her
0: <laughs> oh you thought and- you knew her
1: or I thought I knew her, yeah. And people change. We all change. Everything changes throughout, throughout life. In this time, I was content in, in Texas. I had the house. I had the American dream, the car, the, the nine to five. And it was time, you know, I mentioned this in episode 55 about how I was starting to live up to society's expectations rather than mine. And not just society's, but everybody else's not mine. And when I'm in a relationship, I throw myself fully in it. So when we were married for a few years and then we decided, okay, I mean, we were being pressured already to have children. And we were like, Hey, hold on. We got to practice a little bit. Let us have some time (laughs) to enjoy. And we did. And then it was time. Okay, let's do this. Let's start the family. And she was pregnant and it was a really tough pregnancy. She had eclampsia it's when the blood turns toxic for the baby and the mother so she had severe inflammation she actually had to be induced a month early i see but thank god that everything was fine actually i don't think she would have been able to give birth another month because our daughter was so big so she was healthy thank god everything was fine did you name your yeah. daughter alona alana lucia i picked that name a long time ago after my grandmother thank you thank you so that happened and at the time i was working two jobs i had to fill up this house with furniture i had to (laughs) put food on the table and try to have no needs when the baby was born so I was doing two jobs. I was working my butt off. But one thing that started to change is that the affection for me wasn't there anymore. It, it started to decrease. And obviously, of course, she's taking care of the baby and has her motherly duties, etc. This is something that I think really affects men across the board that is not really talked about, but we want to be there and do whatever is needed, but we're usually sometimes shunned off. Like I'm taking care of the baby. I'm doing this. And there's no balance when it comes to, when you have a child, the balance between the mother and father is usually thrown off. So what I found myself working my butt off, I was so tired, I get home and eat some dinner, and then watch some TV, waiting uh, for my wife to come and and spend some time. But that started to significantly decrease in time. So it felt like, okay, I wanted to do more, but what is there to do? Because I don't know, because Mm -hmm. we're not having that communication. Okay. With that, that was another part of me feeling stagnant. It wasn't just With my lifestyle, with living there in Texas, with the house, the car, the job, the nine to five, but in my marriage, it was stagnant.
0: Scott, for the benefit of the women who are at that stage, I understand what you're saying, but I want to probe a little bit more. So do you think that your wife was either not really including you in the taking care of your daughter because she wanted to just do it all herself or she thought she was the mother and should be doing it all herself and she wasn't spending time with you because she was tired doing everything that she was doing for your daughter that's one question and then what would you have preferred happen instead
1: perfect excellent questions first question The answer, I would say, is a combination of all of them. To the point where I would approach and say, hey, what can I do? "Oh, Nothing, nothing. So I think that was her saying, no, this is my duty. You don't need to worry about that without communicating it. And looking back on it now, I can easily see that side where at the time I was asking, it's like, okay, whatever. And you just get kind of turned off by it because then you don't feel like you're being included in the whole process when you want to be. And I know there's a lot of men that that would think, oh no, that's not my duty to change the diapers or do this or do that, but it's a family. It's a shared duty is how I looked at it. To answer the second question, what would I have done differently about that is I would have communicated it. Now that I'm more mature and can look back on it and see how that time I should have maybe made time with her to pull her aside, and explain how I was feeling, that I want to be included, that she doesn't have to do it all, and that we're a family. So instead of taking it in the way that I took it, where it's like, ah, okay, fine. You know, mm-hmm. And
0: so what I'm hearing from you is that if you had communicated to her that, hey, I want to be part of this, want to feel like I'm nurturing my daughter as well, so... Please include me in whatever it is that you are too tired to do. And I will pick up the slack. Uh, And also from her end, for her to be communicative enough with you to say, if that's what she was thinking, and I don't know that she was, that, hey, you're outside all day. You've worked so hard. You've come home tired. And the reason why I'm not including is you because I feel like you're too tired and I don't want to put on more. On you than you already have, and so I guess what you're saying is that kind of a communication, and then you can tell her, "No, I'm not too tired for my daughter. I would love to do whatever it is, and I would love to pitch in." Right? Is that the yeah. kind of conversation you think that you would have loved to have had?
1: Yeah, totally. It's all about communication. That's the biggest lesson I've learned in my whole life on everything. It's all about communication, and yeah, it would have been it would have been great if she would have uh, communicated that as well from her side. But I was very clear before the birth of how I felt and what I wanted to do and everything. So I felt at that time, okay, she already knows that I Mm -hmm. want to be involved. But I guess pride or ego kicked in and said, okay, well, you don't need to tell her again. And in that case, maybe I should have Mm -hmm. reminded her, that's the lesson i've learned on that but throughout the marriage for the next few years it just continued to be how can i say disconnect even further so it was like we were living two separate lives so that that was really difficult and that's one of the reasons why i actually started looking for work internationally because i was feeling stagnant in not just my work there in texas but in my life as a whole So when I got an offer to go work in Egypt, I I explained the whole scenario that they were going to pay for school, pay for everything except for food, basically, and said, hey, you don't have to work anymore. You can come, you can be with Alana all day, you can go to the museums, you can travel, whatever you want to do, but I'm going to be working. But at the same time, I I thought maybe a change of place, a change of location. Uh, change of scenery could inject some life in our relationship, in our marriage. Mm -hmm. But that really didn't happen either. So she kind of totally changed when we got to Egypt.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think another life lesson from this is, and you've said it twice, that people can change. And you've heard people say to their spouses, you're not the person I married, you've changed. And then some say, but I like this one better. (laughs) And some say, I preferred the one I married. right? Right. And and it's for both. Husbands change, wives change. I don't know how we can reconcile with that.
1: I think, again, it just boils down to communication. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're always changing, regardless. Throughout our whole life, we're going to change. But if our communication is constant, if our communication is consistent, then that change does not look so drastic. It would be expected. You would see where it's going. So I think that's how we counter that problem is through communication again.
0: I hear you. Okay, tell us yeah. more.
1: Okay, so through that disconnection, <laughs> I actually started to discover myself more. I started to concentrate on myself more and what is going to make me happy? Am I happy? How am I feeling? What do I need to do to fix this scenario that we're in? And a couple major events (laughs) led to a huge fight. Mm -hmm. And it was really rough because I'll, I'll be honest, I had started talking to another woman, but this was after I received news that My wife didn't pay the bills back in Dallas and we lost the house and lost the car. We lost everything back in in Texas. So her reaction when she told me that, because I found out from the bank, obviously, was very nonchalant. So it took a lot of strength for me not to end up in an Egyptian prison.
0: (laughs) Oh, I see. I'm glad you didn't end up in an Egyptian prison. I hear those are ruthless.
1: Yeah. So I I had to do a quick check on myself on that, but it was really disappointing because I worked my butt off all my life. I mean, when I went in the army at 17, the only way I got that house in Texas was through my VA loan, which is a benefit that they give you. And then there that was gone. And it was really tough to digest to go through the story even further. I mean, there was this, there was this woman that I worked with and she was amazing. I never really talked to her until that moment. And she was just kind of an outlet for me to pour everything out to. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we ended up having a, a relationship and that's when I was like really confused. Like, okay, am I doing the right thing? Should I try to make the marriage work? So yeah, I'm, here to say I'm not totally innocent in this whole process, but there were some triggers that pushed me to, to that point. Then I just realized that I wasn't happy with anybody. I wasn't happy with my wife at Mm -hmm. the time. I wasn't happy in with the other girl that I was talking to. And I really wasn't happy with myself because I felt lost. I was being torn between Feeling selfish, like, okay, she did this to me and you shouldn't want to be with her, but she is the mother to your child. So there's obvious connection there that you're going to have to continue for throughout the rest of your life. And the whole forgiveness thing, can I forgive? It was just a a huge whirlwind of emotions that I was going through at the time, but we just really hated each other. And then I just told her, okay, let's do this. Let's stop fooling ourselves and let's do the divorce. Let's just get it done. Okay. And once I said that, it was like an immediate weight lifted off of both of us. And it was almost like magic. We became friends again. I mean, almost immediately because we said, okay, we agreed on something, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then we remembered that feeling that you have when you agreed with someone that you love and started putting a plan to do the divorce.
0: Mm. Do you think the timing was perfect? Or do you think that you could have done that earlier and saved both of you a lot of misery?
1: Knowing what I know now, I wish I would have done that earlier. But again, I was being pulled by society's expectations, right? And the, the fear of having a failed marriage, that was not something that I ever wanted. But luckily, my parents were the ones that just pulled me out of that and said, Hey, you just need to be happy. That's all we want. You don't have to impress anybody or any social status. Just be happy. And when they said that to me, that was another weight lifted off of my back. And that's when I truly started to say, Okay, what do I want to do now? Because my whole life, I've basically been. Doing everything for everybody else.
0: I want to reiterate that because if you don't get, and I'm talking to my listeners directly, if you don't get anything out of this conversation, but if you get what Scott just said, that you don't have to conform to society's expectations and what they will think of you, you just need to be happy. And the keyword word is happy. It's your happiness. This is the biggest message.
1: Very true. Especially when it comes to divorce with children, because mm-hmm. that was another big guilt trip that I had for my daughter. I didn't want her to be witnessing divorced parents.
0: You are in a relationship right now, which is working very well for you. So tell us yes. about that. To-
1: yeah, this relationship was kind of funny because my previous relationship I was in, I was never home. I was always working. I would be home maybe on the weekends and it was always like the honeymoon period when I came home. But it was a difficult relationship because I wouldn't know what I, what to expect when I uh-huh. came home. Uh-huh. Okay, is she going to be going crazy or is she going to be totally affectionate? So it was really rough, but again, Stagnant. I was just in the relationship to be in the relationship. And then in episode 55, I told you when she broke up with me, I was heartbroken because I was like, ah, I don't want to go through this whole process again. That's one of the things that led to the depression that I was in and everything. And I had to rebound from that. And I went to India like a said in episode 55 to heal myself from this depression I did a few different processes yoga university that was amazing and the vipassana meditation and I was able to pull myself out of that I was able to look at the whole relationship and say okay I just need to detach from her after the India process, I came back to Colombia. And then the pandemic started and I moved to a cabin where I'm at now in the mountains and just got away from everything, the city and got back to nature. But right before I did that, I met the woman who I'm with now. And I met her and everything was awesome. Everything was great. But I had to be honest with myself. And I wasn't completely sure if I was ready to move on yet or go through the process to be with someone yet because I had just gotten out of a relationship not too long ago. But what I learned in India was, okay, dude, you need to love yourself before you love anybody else. And I've heard that over and over again (laughs) all throughout my life. And I say that to people too these days, but it's really true. Until you go through that process where you connect with yourself and are truly content on being by yourself, how, however long it's going to be, it could be forever. And I was not at that point. So I broke it. I didn't break it off. I just kind of disappeared like a coward, actually, from talking to this woman I'm with now. Mm. And I, I, because I knew she has a daughter as well eight years old and I knew, okay, you can't just play with people's lives. You just can't get in a relationship and figure, okay, not this is not the one, especially if they have children. So this is the first time I'm like trying to be, how can I say, conscious about the whole process and not just to be with someone and she's amazing woman, but can I be with myself? And that was the hardest thing that I had to do was to disappear for a few months and do the work on myself. And not until I came out of another Vipassana meditation that I did here in the Mm. cabin on my own. Uh, Again, that's a 10-day silent uh, meditation retreat where you meditate like eight hours a day. You disconnect from all laptops, phones, et cetera, and you don't talk. You're just pretty much a hermit for 10 days. And through that process, you really are able to look in and start dissecting yourself and seeing what you need to do to fix whatever needs to be fixed in order for you to be happy being by yourself. So when I finished that, I I was good. I felt light. I felt very secure with how I was feeling about this other woman, I didn't even know she was going to still be there. So I gave her a call and explained to her the whole process. And that's, again, part of the communication. I wanted to be totally honest with her and tell her, hey, this is everything that I was going through. I I couldn't be with you. I wanted to be with you, but I couldn't be with you until I sorted myself out. My parents asked me the same thing. Oh, don't you think you're jumping into a relationship too soon? I was like, honestly, no, because I know the work that I just did on myself and how confident I feel being by myself. So this relationship started slow. We we took our time.
0: Before you tell us about your relationship currently, I want to see if there is anything you can tell us about... Love yourself and like to be with yourself. Those are things that we hear a lot. Love yourself before you can love others. But that's the what. Can you tell us from your experience, Vipassana experience or any other on the work you've done, how did you end up loving yourself?
1: You start to discover your non-negotiables in life. I would say that's the biggest thing that you do. So this new relationship that I was getting into, I was totally confident with, okay, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want to do in my life. You have to become selfish, Mm. selfish in a good way. You can't think about anybody else. You can't think about your family. You can't think about work. You can't think about your relationship. You have to just look at yourself and understand what do you want, right? And most of that's in a puzzle up in our head. And what I found is I, if I dump that out, write that all out, then I can see what puzzle am I trying to put together? Mm. And do I have too many pieces? Because a lot of these pieces are extra that don't need to belong in this puzzle, that aren't important. And I can just chuck those. And that's when you start getting your mind organized To your heart, to your soul, and you just start getting that whole connection, understanding who you are and Mm -hmm. what do you want in your life. And once you know that, once you are crystal clear with that and believe it, then you can go out there and if you meet someone, you know exactly what you want. You can tell them exactly who you are they're not going to fall in love with somebody that doesn't even know themselves.
0: Mm, mm.
1: To me, it's very valuable in a relationship for both people to know themselves.
0: Which you think has happened in your current relationship.
1: Yes, yes. It's been very eye-opening with this last relationship. It's been a a great experience so far because when you have that self-realization, of, of each other, you respect each other more. You know it's it's true what you're saying about what you want in life, what you want in a relationship, etc. There's no hiding anything. You're just being you. And that's where real love basically grows.
0: Mm. Interesting. So tell us all the aspects of this relationship and please be as specific as you can that you are enjoying, that you feel like you were missing in your previous two?
1: Sure. Communication, number one. <laughs> yeah. If there is, Honest I mean, communication,
0: can, I'm thinking.
1: Honest communication. We can sense each other's energies. I can look at her and know if something is not right with her. And the same with me. She can look at me and the same thing. And when we ask, we're like, okay, I don't want to talk about it yet, but I promise I'll talk to you about it a little bit later, maybe tonight or something, but I need to work through something and then I'll explain it all to you later. And if that was the case, then she would like give me the space, but surely and not take it personally and let me do what I have to do. And she knows I'm going to tell her later. So it's not going to be any drama and vice versa. So that's an example right there. On the communication. Maturity. Like I said, she has a daughter. She's eight years old. It's been tough with the virtual schooling. And it's nice that she respects some of my advice because she knows that I have a daughter. And I've gone through a lot of this already. So the maturity of knowing that, okay, you might be right, but I might also be right. Mm recognizing that through our experiences because she has different experiences than than I do and just the blunt honesty of our conversations sometimes Mm -hmm. sex you know hey tell me what you like no no don't hold anything back just let it all out there I think it's really important for couples to to have that conversation Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. an honest conversation and not be disparaging because Let's say someone might have a crazy fantasy, but hey, it's a fantasy and you shouldn't be disparaged for sharing it or even having it. I mean, we're adults and there should be no judgment. Um, mm,
0: no in, judgment. In I'm going to grab that and really highlight it. No judgment. That's, yeah. I feel the key also.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. So that's a big one no judgment but it it it's because at the end of the day you're being you right sorry yeah no no go ahead it's all centered around communication and you being you because you know you
0: now <laughs> right now those are some very great and i do want to call them life lessons because that you've gone through experiences that have taught you what not to do and what to do And got one final advice, if you have to give to our listeners on relationships, because it seems like you've gone through different ones and you've learned different things from them. But if there is one that passes along each one of those relationships, I know you've said communication, but is there anything else?
1: Honesty and finding yourself. Take time. Give each other time to find yourself. Yourself, make time for yourself to do that self work, encourage it for each other, and give each other that self respect to do that because then the communication is more honest. The communication is constantly flowing, and the relationship is going to actually bloom more, more so when you do that.
0: Excellent, Scott. Thank you so much for being candid, for being honest, and uh, for all those life lessons. Thank you, Hamida. Listeners, I hope you enjoyed listening to this dialogue with Scott as much as I enjoyed having it. As always, here are my key takeaways. One, whatever you are feeling, good or bad, especially if you feel you're not being supported by your partner, it is important to pull your partner aside and communicate with them about how you are truly feeling. Let them know how you think they can support you. Such as in Scott's example, he said it would have been best if he would have pulled his wife aside and told her that he really wanted to be part of taking care of their newborn daughter and she did not have to do it all alone. It is all about communication. 2. There is no role or for pride or ego in any relationship, be it with parents, siblings, friends, partners, children, and maybe even professional ones. It is best to put ego aside. Ego will not do you any good. 3. People change. You may feel that your partner is not the same person you married. The way to counter that is again by communicating in a consistent manner. Then the change will be expected and not seem so drastic. 4. You need to love yourself before you love anybody else. When you do that, you start to discover your non-negotiables. You must become selfish in a good way to be happy in any relationship. And finally, when both of you have taken the time to work on finding yourself and loving yourself, your communication is more honest. There is no hiding of feelings or needs. And that is where real love grows. This brings us to the end of this episode. I will be bringing you the final episode of Season 6 of Sharing Life Lessons next Wednesday. This will be an engaging episode on habits, how you can keep the good ones and get rid of the ones you don't care for. See you again next Wednesday. Until then, be happy, be safe, and be well.